Absolutely Crushed, a show where your hosts, Sid Anderson and Matthew Bischoff, gossip with a guest about their biggest celebrity or character crush and dive into all the juicy details. This week, we're talking to Micah Sargent about his crush on the animated character Milo Thatch from Disney's Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Micah is a technology enthusiast, a podcaster, and an empathy advocate. He co-hosts podcasts including iOS Today, Tech News Weekly, The Tech Guy, Clockwise, and Unhelpful Suggestions, a tech podcast he hosts with his friend, Joseph Rosensteel. So um, be- before we get into it, Micah, uh, before we get into your crush, I just want to break the ice a little bit. Um, what are you like watching or reading right now, completely unrelated? What, what's in your media backlog? What are you enjoying? Right now, my partner and I are watching a whole heck of a lot of Australian Survivor. Um, it is perhaps better than American Survivor, oh. which I realize is a bit of a, yeah, that's kind of a, a, a hot take. Um, other than that, I listen to thousands of hours of audiobooks at all times. <laughs> um, so I I mean, any, I really like, it's it's sort of, it's a bit of a guilty pleasure in the sense that it's not adding anything. Um, what's the word? It's it's not very. Uh, I, I just listen to a lot of fantasy books. Okay. That's what I'll say. So I, I yeah, it's just it's fun. You've got the island vibe going on, which we'll talk about with Atlantis. But you've also got the fantasy vibe going on. I feel like there's some some commonalities with what we're going to talk about today. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, indeed. That's that's pretty much it. Um, I I don't because I listen to audiobooks so much. I don't watch a whole lot of uh, television or movies uh, in particular. Um, especially these days, I am more of a um, show. If I if I'm going to watch something, it tends to be shows, um, which I end up binge watching in a lot of cases. And so it's longer than movie length. But there's something about it. I don't know. There's something about movies that I just I don't I don't really like movies. I'm absolutely the same way. Oh. Yeah. I always want to just binge watch a show. I can't sit down and watch a movie. I'm like very bad about that. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Because again, you often end up taking more time over the course of it watching mm-hmm. a bunch of... And so it's not the time commitment. I just... Maybe I don't trust that a movie is going to be worth the time in the end. Because if you think about it like a show, mm. if after the first episode, I'm like, eh, I can turn away. But to commit to the full movie is a whole, I don't know. I, I've never really analyzed it. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I totally get what you're saying. Alrighty, so on to the topic. Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Can you describe the movie for us? Like, give us a brief, like, summary. What, like, how would you describe the movie? Yeah, so there's this um, uh, nerdy cartographer slash linguist, and um, he basically he's he's maintaining his job, but um, not super happy, and has uh, a patriarch of the family who was an adventurer. So he um, discovers, with the help of his grandpa's research, that the lost city of Atlantis um, may exist and. This whole time, everybody thought it was in one place. He realizes it's in another place. So the movie is about going and finding the lost city of Atlantis to see if they can, um, coming across it, and then uh, sort of look at uh, colonization and the evils of that, and also sort of... um, 
selfishness and, and uh, taking people's resources uh, versus uh, good winning out in the end and sort of trying to maintain a culture um, and also moving forward. And, and so it's, yeah, it's, uh, uh, I think he's kind of duped. And then they, you know, while they're trying to find this place, they find the place. And then um, after that, they sort of reconcile with uh, everyone's different goals, some mean goals and some good goals. Uh, and then the movie ends. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great summary. I'll just add a few things for listeners who haven't seen it. And uh, we'll, 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 put a, we'll put a spoiler horn before that because, you know, if you haven't seen this movie, it did come out in 2001. So I feel like you've had your chance. <laughs> Um, and like I said at the top of the show, it is a Disney movie. It is partially hand-drawn and partially CG animated. There's kind of some weird stuff going on there. Yes. Um, and it didn't do super great at, uh, at the box office. It cost $120 million probably around there to make, and it only boxed 186 So Disney didn't really invest in this franchise uh, going forward too much more. But I, I, love, I love that you talked about like the themes because I, I totally agree that like there's these themes of like – you know, colonialism, but also exploration and greed and friendship. And like all of those themes come into play throughout the uh, runtime. I think it's like about an hour and 35 minute film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think it's very like, I, one of the things that I wrote down was I love this lightly veiled allegory for white people invading indigenous lands. Like it's, that's just <laughs> exactly. what it is. <laughs> Like, no shocker, it didn't do well. An incredibly diverse cast yeah. with um, a- actors who actually, in many cases, were the race uh, that they were portraying on on screen. Um, and then this, yeah, this allegory here, this, this tale uh, of looking at white greed. Um, and... I'm not surprised that it didn't do well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wonder what I wonder what the kids were thinking when they were watching it. I was one of those kids. I saw this movie in theaters when it came out, and I also wonder what the parents were, how the parents were having those conversations. Yeah, uh, with their kids. I don't. I don't think culturally, like folks were very well versed in those. No, <laughs> I mean, I know what I was thinking while I was watching it, but it had nothing to do. With, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, okay. The we'll we'll cast, get into that. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> um, so, uh, tell us a little bit about your nerdy, nerdy boy, Milo Thatch. Who, who is he? Milo James Thatch, again, a linguist and a cartographer. I mean, whew, I'm already like, who are you? Uh, sold immediately. Um, I mean, voiced by Michael J. Fox, which that character, I think he plays so well. Um, nerdy, awkward, quirky. Uh, I'm already like, I, I, I love underdogs. I think a lot of people do, but I, I really love underdogs. One of my, this, this is as an aside, one of um, my all-time favorite characters and my all-time favorite Pixar film is A Bug's Life because oh, yeah. Flick, oh. I related so much with Flick as a kid. Be- my, my family would sometimes call me the walking encyclopedia <laughs> and I found it kind of, I was a little bit on the odd kid in the family a lot of times who had all of these nerdy facts and was, you know, doing these little experiments and whatnot and sort of in in the grand scheme of the family felt a little bit other. Um, and so because of that, I really identified with Flick because it was the same thing. You know, had all these different ideas and everybody's just like, oh, there's Flick doing his thing. And I think that the, that's why I, I tend to, to identify with an underdog. Um... I also, in hindsight, I, I of course at the time, I don't think it would have been 
um, yet, but I, yeah, definitely wouldn't have been at this time. But um, I mean, he studies dead languages. Mm -hmm. And so now I also uh, adore him for that because I studied Latin throughout high school. Oh, so did I. Um, Let's talk about that. (laughs) Oh, nice. Let's talk about that for a moment. So how many years of Latin did you, did you take and why did you choose to take it? So there were four years offered. It was really interesting. Um, well, not starting out, it wasn't interesting. It was just kind of um, like my reasoning is because I, <laughs> I'm, I always in high school in particular, um, there was this sort of inbuilt desire to do something or do things that were different from like the the norm or what's yeah. expected. And so, you know, you've got Spanish. It's like, oh yeah, I could take Spanish, but come on. Might be um, useful, but I mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Useful. But, um, and so I was thinking about taking Latin and I was, you know, you, you get this little course catalog and I was showing my family um, and my grandma recognized the name of the teacher. And she said, I think I went to high school with her. Um, and so that kind of, I just for some reason, I was like, oh, okay. I mean, what, you know, what did you think about her, et cetera, et cetera. And um, she liked her at the time. And so I thought, I'm going to try Latin. And I got in there. And to this day, Nancy Briggs, my Latin teacher, is one of my favorite teachers I've ever had. Shout out Nancy. She was incredible. We'll Shout send out it, we'll Nancy. Send this, we'll send this over to Nancy first thing as soon Ms. as it's up. Briggs. Yeah. In fact, my, my grandma um, had a high school reunion, I think last year. And, um, I thought, oh, you know, she's not probably not going to remember me, but just in case I, uh, sent a little video to my grandma, uh, to show her if she wanted to, um, and, you know, spoke a little bit of Latin and, and, um, she did remember me or pretended to, (laughs) as some teachers do, I know. Uh, What did you say in Latin? Micah, what did you say in Latin? Yeah. Well, I said, uh, Solve Magistra, which is just hello teacher. Um, uh, oh goodness, what was it? Because I also used my Latin name, which in Lat uh, in the class my name was Silius. Um, so I would have said like, um, I am I am Silius, and uh, I am doing well, or you know things are going yeah. well, or something like that. That's adorable. That's something Milo would totally do. Oh, hundred percent. That's so wholesome. <laughs> I love. That's so sweet. Yeah. I love that so much. Uh, and like that's the other thing that I like about Milo is. There is an innocence to his um, wonder, to his uh, to his knowledge. Like he is willing to run the boiler and be in the basement and pretend to give a pitch to uh, just some masks that are you know set up in front of him because he may have been doing. It's clear they make it clear that he's been doing this for a while. And despite all of those setbacks, like his love of of the pursuit of knowledge is so much more powerful than you know any kind of of uh, letdown that he has. And then there's something to love, I think, about a person who's a little bit poor at reading the room. Yeah, he's an awkward boy. <laughs> he is. I mean, he's an awkward. He's an awkward thirty-two-year-old man, but still. Oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I guess he is, he's a, he's a little bit older. You know, th- th- a little confession too is that um, the other Disney character that I had uh, a crush on at the time was, uh, I think his name's Jack of Treasure Planet. Yes. 
Um, oh. But I felt a little odd because he's 15. Yeah. And like at the time, that would have been fine, but I just thought, mm, I think I'll rather talk about Milo James Thatch. Yeah, we, we've, yet to deal with, we've yet to deal with that problem, yeah. uh, but I'm sure it will come up. I, 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 I uh, yeah, probably better to pick Milo. Speaking of Treasure Planet, though, like when we, when I was, I watched this movie with my partner and when we pulled it up, Treasure Planet was right next to us and both of us were like, they're the same. They, in our heads, they like <laughs> occupy the exact same same space like yeah i'm like they just feel like the same kind of movie but yeah that it would have i think we made the right choice with milo seeing that he i didn't realize he was that old i thought he was i don't know how old i thought he was but i did not realize he was in his 30s in my head he's in his 20s me too um, I, I just I, I and you know what that's my head canon so <laughs> That's what matters. <laughs> well, let's let's get into some other, let's get into some other headcanon stuff while while we're talking about headcanons. Um, I when I watch this movie, I wonder what is Milo's sexual orientation. What what, mm-hmm. what when when, <laughs> when when you look at him and the way he behaves in this film, like is he straight? Is he not straight? What do you think? Okay, so this is the other thing is that I. I'm a little bit disappointed in my younger self because, why, no, I'm not truly, but jokingly disappointed in my younger self because I did not realize that I was bisexual, yet I had a crush on both of the leading characters, Princess Kida and like Milo James Thatch. I, at the time, <laughs> I recognized my little crush on Princess Kida, but it wasn't until later that I was like, oh man, I really had eyes for, for Milo James Thatch as well. Look, it's important to me that a person tells me who they are and that that is how I uh, choose to perceive them and and understand them and uh, converse with them and you know sort of know them absolutely. And so they're yeah, mm-hmm. like we can only take cues. And of course, it's just yeah. it's an animated show, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, Milo's never going to was... tell us, and Disney's never going to yeah, tell exactly. us. So we you know we we we, we only have so much to go on here. There wasn't enough bisexual lighting in this film uh, to really kind of drive home the fact, but I, I just I I want to believe that um, yeah yeah he's I think yeah. I think Milo might be a little bi. Yeah. Milo is bi in oh, my yeah. head for sure. He has extremely bi energy to me. Just the way he dresses and moves uh, does mm-hmm. not seem particularly straight. Can you even say? That, that someone is straight if they're falling in love with someone of a completely different species. Like, it, it doesn't even map, right. right? It doesn't even map. Yeah, that's a good point. Also, him and, uh, what is it, Sweet. Um, yeah. There, there's a little thing there. There's no, there's, there's, there sure. there's a lot of things. Oh, yeah. I feel like he's also just, like, beloved by bisexuals also. Like, I feel like he's a very big, like, bisexual crush. Like, the same way that I feel like everyone's like, oh, I knew I was bisexual because I watched The Mummy and was in love with both of the leads. I feel like a lot of <laughs> <laughs> a lot of other people are like, oh, I watched like Atlantis and I'm in love with Milo and Princess Kita. And like, I feel like it's a big one. <laughs> yeah, they, they're they a bi duo. It's uh, absolutely true. I love that. Yeah, I dig it. When did you first see this movie? How old were you? And, and, and when did this crush develop? So let's see if it was 2001. Let's do some math here or <laughs> let my computer do some math. Um, I would have been like maybe 10, uh, 11. Yeah, me too. Somewhere around there um, uh, watching it. And so I, um, I don't know what grade that would have put me in. That's like fifth. Fi- That's okay, fifth, fifth grade. grade. It's around yeah. fifth grade. Yeah. I, because I remember having uh, the, 
a bunch of different Happy Meal or I don't know if it was like the Burger King version of Happy Meal toys, whatever it was, the little toys. Um, I had a necklace that lit up with oh the crystal. Uh-huh. You were um, so into and it. And I think one of those little cars that uh, they are vehicles that they drive around. Um, yeah. I was super, super into it at that point uh, just because, yeah, th- I, there was something about this film that really resonated with me uh, as well, even aside from my, my little crush. And I think it was, so at the time, um, my family was super religious. Oh. Um, and I say that as, as its own separate kind of thing, uh, in regard or in comparison to, you know, faithfulness or uh, sure, know, having, sure. having beliefs. So yeah. religious and from, from the Latin religio to bind. Maybe there you go. <laughs> um, and so with that, uh, we were, not just religious, but there was um, a mixture of of Baptist beliefs and um, Pentecostal beliefs. And so for folks who might not know, um, that is uh, in particular a belief in what they call the powers of the Holy Spirit and or the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so this is this idea that um, God's people who, you know, look to God and um, walk the path that they're supposed to walk um, are granted certain gifts, including um, a gift of tongues, which is a a type of prayer uh, where it's a communication between you and your deity, and it's sort of not translatable in any other way. And then also things like um, the ability to heal, Um, or to channel healing, so to speak. And so growing up, I did think I, you know, was, was taught and did believe that if you prayed hard enough, and if you had true faith, even just a mustard seed of faith, um, then you could, uh, you know, sort of be cured of a cold, or you could, you could help someone else out. And so I, craved with all of my being this magic. You know what I mean? This was supposed to be a magic that I could have in real life, but of course it never materialized. I shouldn't say of course, because some people do believe that still. But but um, for you... Yeah, for me it never materialized. And so I craved magic in the media that I consumed Fascinating to get to live it out there and in my my fantasies. And so having the little toy that (laughs) uh, then I could pretend like I could heal and all of that kind of stuff was very rewarding for me. Yeah, totally. Um, Have you ever... I mean, I'm assuming you have told people about this crush, but what what are people's reactions when you tell them that you are in love with Margaret Jane? Margaret? Hmm. Is, is Milo trans? Milo. Now? What's happening? Apparently, <laughs> uh, with Milo. Um, usually, who? That's the, the the question. Who? 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 And what is their reaction? No, no, no. That's what they respond. Oh, who? Who? they don't know. Oh. They, they ask me, who? Really? Who are you talking about? Yeah, they're not by um, enough to have heard of Milo. And I that's guess. exactly it. My partner, um, when I it was funny you mentioned earlier when I mentioned that I had a crush on Milo James Thatch, and I said Atlantis: The Lost Empire. He said, "Is that the one with the planet with the treasure or something along those lines?" <laughs> uh-huh. And I was like, "That's a totally separate movie." <laughs> I'm living for the um, I'm living for the Atlantis treasure planet crossover. That is definitely yeah. Clearly, not there needs to be a crossover event. I guess. Um, but I yeah, I haven't gotten a lot of response. 
but when I have sort of shown a person, mm-hmm. then they're like, oh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, I, I have a bit of a type. Um, there was one time, there was one part where Princess Kita says, um, Judging from your diminished physique and large forehead, you are suited for nothing. Tells Milo that Milo has a diminished physique and a large forehead. And I was like, oh my God, how did you just mark my type so clearly? (laughs) Putting that in your Tinder bio. Don't tell Sebastian I said that. He'll be very upset. (laughs) Wait, but how, how similar, how similar is, is Sebastian, your partner to, uh, to this character or how different? If Sebastian put on big old glasses, they could very well be the the same person um, in sort of, I mean, on our first date, oh my God, he's going to kill me for telling this story. But on our very first date, one of the things that endeared me to him immediately was at one point he needed to get up to use the restroom. And <laughs> as he got up and started to walk away, he accidentally ran into the table and almost knocked the glass of wine onto the floor. Adorkable. Adorkable. That's so cute. <laughs> A thousand percent adorkable. Oh and again, this 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 wholesomeness and sort of driven by an ideal um, and a core set of beliefs is just like uh, just absolutely tugs at at my heart and is something that that just absolutely pulls me in um that like it's two separate things it's sort of this driven nature and then also this um it's not 100% an innocence it is almost an innocence in the face of adversity, like being met with reasons to lose one's innocence, but still choosing to be innocent after that. That is what really touches me um, in Milo James Thatch and uh, also happens to be kind of what I have tended to find attractive about uh, a person. Yeah, I feel like it's that it's that like difference between that you hear discussed a lot between like childlike versus childish. Like he has this childlike sense of wonder about the world and the things mm-hmm. that he can discover and that is really attractive because so many people become cynical or irony poisoned or whatever you want to call it as mm-hmm. they as they get to this age especially and like he's just like no, like all this stuff is cool. I carry around this book like I want to go go on adventures, and when you actually meet someone like that in real life, it can it can be just like wow. So they they manage to they manage to keep that thing alive. And he's like it, it radiates so much from him that he made this group of friends who end up betraying you know one of their their allies, so to speak, uh, to be on his side. Like that is power, and I think it is because they all did kind of reach this level of of it's 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 a an inoculation from being jaded that he provides and i think that's so magical uh you know to to prevail through all of those things yeah absolutely he's just so passionate about what he does what he does he makes everyone he's one of those people who he can make everyone care about what he cares about by just being so excited and ready to learn and share about the thing he's so interested in. And that's very endearing to me. I love that quality. Yeah, I tend to like that anyway. You know, sometimes when someone, it may not be a thing that I know anything about, but hearing someone who's passionate about a thing talk about that thing is just so exciting and interesting and so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. It's so nice. Yeah. And I mean, you know, watching Milo 
twiddle those uh, those boiler uh, valves and stuff. Oof. Oh, the hands. That, oh Let's talk gosh. about the hands. That was a major flex. He was yes. like, I'm going to flex the fact that oh. I know about this boiler. This is the one thing I know about, and I'm flexing. And I'm like... <laughs> Oh it was hilarious. God. It was so funny. It was and so especially cute. as an aside, like that that was not his main uh, skill set. Yeah, but it was something that sort of gave him an in to be appreciated by the people that he was around. That that adorable quality was met with a type of competence that they appreciated. That like I was you know cheering for him in that moment. That really, uh, yeah, made me like him even more. And he finally got to be like appreciated for what he was doing instead of just kind of like the like at the beginning when oh he, yeah don't let it quit. happen again yeah. yeah when he's just like yelled at by the boss like not made to be like he it seems like they're painting him as incompetent and just kind mm-hmm. of like a necessary cog in the machine and then when he's in his element he's getting the like gratitude from people around him for actually like being able to like be a linguist and like actually translate and like teach these yeah god yeah. that moment where he's uh oh my god he serves he's, he, he <laughs> ends up blushing, out of that sweater that he's yeah a little bit he ends up <laughs> out of that sweater that he's wearing into this tank top oh and he god. sort of like slinks forward as he's trying he's you know thinking about how to say the words properly and that conversation is happening and then there's just like drool coming out of my no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> That that was a particularly um, I I remembered that from when I was a kid, um, that moment of you know this is what he came to do in particular, and it worked so well. Um, yeah, so that that was a, a stick out moment for me for sure. <laughs> I feel like we've touched on this a little bit, but like, how would you describe the type of crush? Because I feel like sometimes I have like a more of a romantic crush, or like more of a friend crush, or a sexy crush. Like what? Is it some combo of those? Do you want to be Milo? Do you want to be with Milo? What's the deal? I, so I think it's it's evolved over time because the crush that I had as a kid would have been sort of an unbeknownst to me kind of crush where right, right. it would have been kind of, yeah. wow, I really admire this person and um, there's something about the way that they look and behave that I also appreciate and then later on um, was this more of a realization that it was uh, both a little romantic, a little sexual, um, that, you know, oh man, those, those big old glasses and <laughs> that, that, uh, those, those little arms and <laughs> that tick top. <laughs> big like, hands, it all just little works arms. For me. Yeah. Yeah. Just those little, I mean, hey, I'm all about it. <laughs> um, and I, those angular features too. Um, yeah. It, it and I guess the voice, like I wouldn't have known at the time um, the sort of uh, cultural touchstone that was Michael J. Fox. But um, now looking back, I'm like, oh, that's really cool that that was Michael J. Fox. But it just all worked. Um, this is as an aside, it was kind of weird watching it now on um, a screen with a higher refresh rate. <laughs> and sure. Sort of in the current quality that it is because like the voice doesn't quite match the movement of the mouth. Mm-hmm. And there were a few times where they went from sort of the characters are more toward the realistic side of things throughout a lot of it. But uh, especially I, you probably even noticed this during the um the fight scene kind of in the uh, balloon, the the hot air balloon, the the guy's face kind of turns 
so caricature-ish. Right. It's and so it's weird. it's really <laughs> frightening. Yeah, it's yeah. really unsettling to watch. It went mm-hmm. from, you know, he had the standard kind of proportional features to like all stretched out. And this was before he ever sort of got inundated with that energy. And so it just kind of, yeah, it, it really kind of unsettled me watching, yeah. mm-hmm. watching it back. It made him more scary. So I think we have some questions, some like more specific questions. So without looking... What color are, I, are Milo's eyes? Do we know? Do you know? Oh my God, dreamy brown. Yes, <laughs> dreamy brown eyes. Beautiful. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not a thousand. I, I have brown eyes, and so that tends to be you know a pretty typical eye color for me. So I, I, I um, my eye. <laughs> I guess that's a bit of a pun, but my <laughs> eyes are caught by other colors of eyes. But there are some, I mean, my partner's eyes are brown and there's a uniqueness to his brown eyes. And I think they did a really good job, even though this was just a character or a cartoon character, an animated yeah. character, that his brown eyes, there's a uniqueness to them. That yeah, I'm they're like, really expressive. Oh. Um, yeah, that's exactly right. They're expressive. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about um, his entrance, rewinding back to the beginning of the movie. Like, what, what do you notice about him when we first, first see him? Good afternoon, gentlemen. First off, I'd like to thank this board for taking the time to hear my proposal. Now, we've all heard of the legend of Atlantis, a continent somewhere in the mid-Atlantic that was home to an advanced civilization, possessing technology far beyond our own. That, uh, according to our friend Plato here, was suddenly struck by, by some... Um, so you see the passion, uh, again, in, in what he's doing. Um, you can tell that he very much cares and takes seriously this this passion of his... But he's also, again, uh, this, this adorkableness where um, he's sort of falling over things to uh, talk on the phone whenever the phone comes up. He gets ahead of himself in some places. He ends up getting, the map ends up getting sort of uh, wiped off onto his, his chest. And so he has to sort of stand in front of the map to show the whole thing. And that frenetic, frantic um, nature is... Something that I adore as well because I can identify in more ways than one with um, with that. I, I was diagnosed with ADHD back in uh, college and I know that I can uh, sort of get caught up in things at times and just sort of spitting out words after words after words. But it also helps for me to, when other people do that, uh, I, I have learned over time as a person who does podcasting for a living in in the past, you know, did different types of communication for a living to hamper those um, downsides of ADHD that make it, that can make it difficult to sort of wait for someone to get through their point. And so, but despite that, you know, I can, I can do it, but I really like it when someone's so passionate that they're just kind of like, you know, they're spilling it out for you and you're just eating it up. Yeah. So all of that, that frantic energy and the passion, but also an unawareness of some of the quirkiness or acceptance of the quirkiness that he uh, has. He's just kind of like, hey, you know, I, this is this is me and I'm doing my best. Um, yeah, that underdog quality. Uh, it's all all very good. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think he's a very he's a very cute underdog and he's just so nerdy and I love the like everything about him. Are you always into nerds? Is your partner a nerd? Are we is everyone around you a nerd? <laughs> he's actually so uh, I think how I 
how everyone defines nerd and geek and everything along that spectrum is so different. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say my partner is not my particular definition of nerd, which to me is someone who's uh, uh, super into tech in particular, but also mm-hmm. sort of science and uh, science and technology and all of that. But I think another definition of nerd is one that I just call someone who's very passionate and can get passionate about a thing to the point that it's like an unapologetic passion for a thing. Yeah, that's more how I think about it. Because like, yeah, you know, you could be a cinema nerd or a sex <laughs> nerd or a whatever, ki- whatever kind of nerd you are. I don't, for me, it doesn't have to be about a particular thing, but as long as you're really, really into it and know a lot about it, uh, and that's part of your kind of personality, that's that's a nerd to me. Yeah, and so in that way, yes. But I have also been with people who were not nerds um, and, uh, you know, sort of fell into, yeah, I mean, all sorts, all sorts of people. But um, (laughs) certainly the person that I'm with uh, is is definitely um, nerdy about the things he's nerdy about. I mean, if you want to have a nine-hour conversation about Buffy the Vampire Slayer... (laughs) He's your guy. Which my partner probably would love to talk to him about. So So that's what we need to do is like you and I can talk about something and then your partner and my partner can go off and have their conversation. They would. Oh, they would love it. (laughs) (laughs) I I wanted to. There's a few things about this movie that I feel like don't age super well. I'm curious what you think about that. But the one that struck me, maybe we can talk about it a little bit first, is this like weird moment when he's like uh we're talking about his grandfather and there's this like um there's this what is it like a wager where they they have to kiss oh yeah 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 so the yeah so the the yoga instructor or the not yoga instructor (laughs) but the 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 yoga rich man um he basically said that um, he would make sure, or if if he ever found the book um, that they needed to be able to find Atlantis, um, then uh, he would kiss him kiss and him. also make yeah. it happen. Yeah. yeah, it was it was very Super strange. Weird. I have to say, so first of all, at that point, I had I, I hadn't seen it in so long that I couldn't remember exactly what the plot was, and the whole time I was preparing myself for yoga rich man to pop up at the end and be the big bad and be like, nah, I was actually evil this whole time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just folded myself up into a suitcase and now I'm here. Um, so I was really worried because he seemed to be so genuine in his friendship with the, and honestly, I got some, even though there was that weirdness about the kiss or whatever, I got some, um, some, some queerness from from yoga person, like the way that he looks up at the grandpa who has passed away and the, like, just, it wasn't like a, uh, it was more like a, uh, right. And I know like yeah. uh, people listening, you heard the difference in that's those sides. Well, I know you did. I'll put a tweet to that effect at both in the chat and we'll put it in the show notes as well, because like you are not the only person that thought that good. I'm glad that I'm glad that I'm not alone in that. I, yeah, I got some of that. I think there were a few other things. Um, I didn't like that when uh, the gal who works for Mr. Whitmore, uh, Holga, comes yeah. in. Mm-hmm. There's this really sort of sexy, jazzy music playing. and Milo James Thatch. Who, who are you? How, how did you get in here? I came down the chimney. Ho, ho, ho. My name sort is of Helga that- Sinclair. 
it felt a little bit. Um, what's the gal from Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Lola, oh yeah, Lola Bunny. Is that? No, no, Jessica Rabbit. No, Lola Bunny is Jessica from Space Rabbit. Jam. Well, I'm sure yeah. all of these will come up in future episodes of this podcast. Probably will. Oh my. <laughs> um, it had that energy to it, but I was. I'm curious to hear both of your thoughts because at the same time I was trying to also think like, am I, is this, is this woman in the way that she is, uh, is, you know, uh, is appears in this scene. Does she have agency? Is she in control? Is she, okay with you know because like if someone wants to look nice and dress nice and all that kind of thing they should be able to and so i yeah i really had this back and forth moment of like is this music inappropriate at this time um are we gonna watch him get super caught up on his words and sort of not you know uh know what to do and how to handle things and right i like how we do quickly see the switch from this like i'm just i'm just the person who brings you to mr whitmore to quickly she's like the second in command of the whole mm-hmm. thing. Competent. So yeah. I love that we quickly move into a role of, of competence and um, it's clear that she's uh, a lot more than f- originally met the eye. Um, and then the other thing was, oh, the mole, uh, just being kind of a gross character and the whenever he whispers French into yeah. uh, Princess yeah. Kida's ear, I didn't like that. Um, that was not a, a good moment. There's a lot of stereotypes in this, like in this, we're building this adventure party. They rely a lot on stereotypes. And I, I do, I do agree with you that, uh, that like sexualization of that, of that character, uh, Holga is, it's inappropriate. Like maybe, yeah, maybe she has agency, but like she, she's not controlling the music, right? Like that's the filmmaker. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Obviously none of this exists and you could write it however you want, but I think that they were relying on that and it's just a cheap, it's just a cheap move. It just felt unnecessary. It was unnecessary. Like it could have been done any other way. And I, it could have yeah. been scary music because this woman was yeah. in his house or wherever it was, his apartment or whatever. And, uh, you know, it snuck in there. It didn't have to be sexy, sexy music. Um, unless it was me and Milo. In that <laughs> then case, that's, a different that's different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then that yeah it, that felt weird. And then like, I, I agree with the like weird, sweeping generalizations about like some of the crew members and like I don't know like the French guy in particular was very like weird like I don't know just like very weird generalization like about French people and I don't know it felt weird and then there was also like the point at the very beginning where he first is meeting Whitmore and just the guy takes off his clothes and changes in front of him and that was a weird choice like it just felt weird for a kids movie like I think a lot of it would have been like that's fine for another movie but it's like this is a children's movie and I don't know Mm -hmm. why you felt the need to include it yeah it it was a again I think that was just a um how can we quickly uh make this character show that this character is a, a weird person who's an enigma to kids and they made they just took the the easy way out uh, with with this, the I think I mean honestly I think the yoga stuff would have been enough. Yeah, uh, it didn't have to go any more than that. It could have just been that. Um, oh, and then the other thing was um, Cookie calling the one gal Blondie instead of by her name. Um, mm. Instead of calling mm-hmm. Holga by her name, calling him calling her Blondie. Uh, I of course I'm not a fan of. 
No, I think the the one the one thing that the one thing that I have a trouble with with Milo is that he can get a little bit mansplaining sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's mm-hmm. like you know he knows a lot, which is which is which is all it's all fine and good. Um, but sometimes he like when he's talking to Audrey about um, like the vehicle breaking down and stuff, uh, explaining the mechanics of it. He doesn't really know what he's talking about. He's just kind of yeah. He, he's just kind of posturing. You know, the boiler in this baby is a Humac model P54 stroke A13. Now, we got the A14 back at the museum. The heating cores on the whole Humac line have always been a little, you know, temperamental. So sometimes you gotta, boom, persuade him a little. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. Shut up. And similarly, like, when he's, like, explaining how to pilot the Atlantean vehicles, he also really doesn't know what he's talking about. And, like, it, it's just not necessary. So- Sort of vehicle. Yes, but no matter what I try, it will not respond. Perhaps if... Way ahead of you. Okay, let's see what we got here. Okay. Place crystal into slot. Yes, yes, I have done that. Gently place your hand on the inscription pad. Yes. Okay, did you turn the crystal one quarter turn back? Yes, yes. While your hand was on the inscription pad? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, see, there's your problem right there. That's an easy thing to miss. You know, you deserve credit for even even getting this far. Yeah, it was. I think it was like a lot because she. He's like, "Oh, did you try this? Did you try this? Did you try this?" And she's like, "No, I haven't." It's like, <laughs> "Okay, cool. Why did you have to be an asshole about it? Like, yeah. you like you could have just done it and like not been like kind of weird about it and be like, oh, well, it's kind of dumb that you didn't try that one.' Like, yeah, it's kind of the dark did- side of nerdiness sometimes. Like, if you're really, yeah. if you're really nerdy about something and you have you you have this this passion, you don't know when it's not your lane. Sometimes it's like it's yes. like I think it's realistic that he that he would behave. That's that way. a good point. Then that's so true. That again, I while I typically do find in. Uh, a certain inability to read the room kind of endearing. There is a place where it can go too far um, where, yeah, there's that, that issue of, of sort of stepping over uh, the boundary. And yeah, I agree. If, it, if he was just, cause if he's just translating the text and just saying it out loud and then we got to that part versus that, as, as you mentioned, just kind of, uh, asking did you do this did you do this did you do this yeah if it was just like let me read what the text says on there that's that feels a little yeah. bit more reasonable because that's what it what he was supposed to be doing uh since they couldn't read that old atlantean and only had their new atlantean i also feel like there was a very weird choice for him to for milo to not be able to pronounce uh princess kita's name oh See- god i hated that <laughs> okay and let's I'm talk like- about exp- let's explain that what, what happens here by the way we were never properly introduced. My name's Milo. My name is Kiragakash. Kiragakash. Uh, hey, you got a nickname? <laughs> Kida. Okay. Kida. I can remember that. Yeah. I, so basically, he they're like flying around and Milo is like, oh, what's your name? And she says her name and it's not for, I, I don't remember what it was, but it, it wasn't very complicated. No. And he's like, uh, that's too hard for me. <laughs> I'm like, sir, a you are a, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm like, exactly. You are a, ling- you are a linguist. That name is not that hard. Like I've seen a lot of things recently that are like, if you can say the word charcuterie, you can say my fucking name. And it's Amen. like that, like, I'm like, you, you are a linguist. You should be able to get this one. It's not yeah. that bad. That was, that struck me super weird. Like I did not I like, like that. that. It reminded me of that horrible 
uh, Ellen video where she's having she's speaking to Marie Kondo and um, Marie Kondo's translator is sort of obviously translating and Ellen just makes a joke out of the fact that she can't understand what Marie Kondo is saying. And it's just like, this is, no, this is, it it, it, it was bad. This is, this was Mm -hmm. exactly, you are a linguist. You literally know (laughs) the phonetic alphabet um, and can like, you know the way that the palatal changes make a difference in the way that's, no, that wasn't believable at all. What I would say to him is, could you glottal stop it right now? Um, <laughs> oh, God. I, I think a lot of it was trying to be relatable to kids and just be like, oh, yeah. kids can't say it. So, like, let's. Pre-, but it's like, no, that's different. Milo is an adult who should be able to figure this out. There was only like a little bit of relief on the cringe in my heart whenever she said that she did have a nickname, meaning that other people in her society did call her Kita as well. I felt. Just just a slight release. I mean, I still felt very cringy about it, but I was like, oh my God, at least she has a nickname that she goes by with everyone else too. Yeah, it would have been super weird if she was like, no. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> no, I'm should, just this. Yeah. It sh- that's what should have happened, honestly. It would have like just given him a little bit of shame because I think he deserves a little bit of shame sometimes. But <laughs> on yeah. a more on a more positive note, what do you think of Milo's flirting skills? <laughs> <laughs> I, again, I'm drawn to a person who's not posturing um, or they think maybe that they're doing a flirt and it's just like <laughs> so not a flirt. And it's, it's just, so obvious is the thing. Yeah, it's not, yeah. it's not subtle. It's not like, you know, like a, a line or whatever. It's just like, yes. you clearly like me, dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that he's a good flirter at all, but I'm okay with that because I don't really want someone... there's a for me someone would say like there's a pretty there's a a standard difference between uh just being a flirt and being a try hard but for me it's like three quarters of that is try hard and one quarter of that is flirt (laughs) versus half and half so if if you're if you're doing too much uh for me doing too much is quite a big uh sort of what ratio of of what that is so yeah not a good flirt but that's okay i know what's our favorite look do we do we have a favorite outfit that milo wears in the movie oh the atlantean look um for me (laughs) just because like you get that nice shoulder collarbone Mm -hmm. god collarbones um (laughs) and i think that the tattoo works well for milo um it was like I believe that at that point he knows how to say her name and says it, you know, properly. I should hope um, so. They're getting yeah. married, right? Like <laughs> I he know. helps her. Yeah, he helps her like carve her dad's uh, face for the the crystal dealy, um, the heart of Atlantis, and so like he's living his best life. He's going to be learning so much, but he's also he's delving into the culture and like wants to be a part of their culture as opposed to him going back with a bunch of stuff and sort of taking, picking the parts of it that he wants and, you know, leaving with it, which is, I I think is the difference, like picking the parts that you want and leaving and not understanding, or you come in and you put your culture all over everybody else's and he's not interested in doing that. Like he's wants to join them and be a part of what they are. So uh, that look is the best for me because it's like Milo living his best life, and also I get to see a little skin in the. <laughs> in the <meantime. laughs> oh yeah, 
<laughs> one, 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 one thing that is really weird towards the end of the movie before all, all, all gets resolved is like, mm-hmm. n- not only is he a linguist and a plumber and whatever, suddenly he's a military <laughs> tactics genius and he's like commanding uh, artillery and stuff like, you know, the, yeah. the, fly, the flying scene that we were talking about earlier. Why? Where did that come from? Did he just read about it? What happened? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I think I, at the same time, it's like whether this is a true story or not, you know, mother lifts car off of child. Um, he wanted to save this society. He wanted to save this individual person and he wanted to um, undo the damage that he feels he caused, all of those things all at once. And so by golly, you're going to do whatever you can. Um, but yeah, I think he's just well-read. That's, that's the main thing. I have, I have a curiosity about, I'm, at the end, I'm going, why in heaven's name is Princess Kida going, I wish that, I, that we could give you more. I wish that we could do more for you. When they were no. part of this whole thing in the <laughs> first place. Yeah, they no were way. bad people. Yeah. And sure, they decided to say, okay, no, we can't be bad people. We're going to change. But they were ready to drive away at first. I didn't understand that. Like they had guns out. They were that. Yeah. And then they're like, Oh, thank you for undoing this. And they give you them so much problem. stuff. Yeah. Don't give I them all that stuff. They, they wanted to, that they wanted to teach American children that if they go into a foreign country and they put the smallest amount of energy into not being an asshole when they leave, <laughs> they can be an asshole when they're there, but when they leave, they need to be okay with it. They will get heavily rewarded. <laughs> As American children know. As American children very well know. Exit through the gift shop. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. It was quite literally that. Come here and do some some, uh, culture tourism and then uh, head out with uh, some some gifties. Jeez. Okay. I want to play a game. I want to play a little game called Cosplay Corner. Uh, So this is how this game works. Um, I'm going to send you an Instagram photo of a cosplayer, uh, uh, someone who has, who has dressed up as Milo. Um, and you're just going to tell us your impressions. We will put these images in the show notes and maybe, uh, maybe even the album art if, if that's possible. So, um, just your reactions. Uh, the first one is actually official. This one is official, um, was at Disney World for a little while when the film came out. I don't think it was a very popular character. <laughs> uh, but this is Milo Thatch at Disney World officially. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm disappointed in the sweater. I think they could have done a much better job on the sweater because what they've done, in my opinion here, is they've taken the cartoon sweater and turned it into a real thing versus making a realistic version of the sweater that was in the cartoon, if that makes sense. Mm. This looks like they sort of printed out, it, they, they opened up the PDF and they did the, the Page Nation like poster yeah. option. Yeah. And they printed out six sheets of the, <laughs> the illustration. Yeah. And then they put a piece of fabric on top of it and cut it out and then they made it. So yeah, I'm a little disappointed in the sweater here. Um, also... The, the, so the glasses are fine, but again, they it feels a little bit like um, it's it's more again. It's just sort of cartoony in its uh, in its doing. But I love the book. the The journal is really good. I, I think that was a a good choice. I'd ask for a hug. Okay, <laughs> all right, maybe all right. an autograph. Uh, yeah. 
uh, this one is uh, Instagram user Mythical Rose. Mythical Rose. Let's Cosplayer, Mythical storyteller, Rose. adventure seeker. Oh. Um, see, this, this I feel more uh, works because here we've got, like, again, making making human making real what was the uh the way that the character dressed in the yeah. film yeah um i don't i don't know what the difference is like these glasses look more realistic too um i don't know why cuz they're just as big but there was something very kind of cartoony about the other ones um hairline on point there very good job and yeah altogether again a nice uh, journal in the hand i think that's one of the big things is that there's not a whole lot to work with with milo james thatch um but uh i think so if i was to do this cosplay i would go with milo's original look because you get the bow tie yeah. mm-hmm. you get the vest you yeah. get iconic the glasses yeah exactly um okay n- number three is raging storm cosplay Oh, this one's so good. Uh, the journal is amazing. Yes. Um, I wonder if that was purchased or made. Yeah, it looks, um, it looks so good. That sweater, I wish I could see that sweater closer because that sweater is literally what the Disney character should be wearing as far as I can <laughs> tell. Um, what the, the person at Disney should have been wearing. Um, you see the like the ribbed stitching at the bottom of the sweater and then the, the, shawl, necks, uh, the shawl neck collar. Um, yeah, this is literally what i would want to want the disney character to look like um very well done in my opinion yeah Yeah. awesome well thank you for those uh cosplay reviews that was so fun (laughs) uh has has your crush on milo and just like this conversation you know has it taught you anything about yourself has it impacted your your real life in any way like what what did you learn from this um that I'm more predictable than I think I am. Mm. I'd like to believe I'm more of a mystery. And always, at least, especially growing up, I've, I've sort of settled into um, a comfort with not being as much of an enigma as I really wanted to be at the time. But um, yeah, I, I think I'm... I think I'm rather predictable uh, when it comes to sort of what I find attractive in a person and what kind of person I find attractive. Yeah, and it seems like it's been really stable over time too. Like it's you know you you were into this person yeah. f- uh, initially when you were you know watching it, and you've been into them sort of since. Since yeah yeah, it's it's kind of uh, kind of weird, but uh, yeah, that that that's uh, pretty accurate. So other than that, um, I think that this gave me the opportunity to analyze more in depth kind of those particular qualities um, in sort of breaking apart just what on the face could just be, as we said, adorkable is so much more than that. The passion that's involved, the uh, innocence in the face of adversity, uh, the the childlike wonder um, to have from the world and all of those things I, I think are are attractive in others and also our goals that I aspire to, you know, in, in my own life and try to maintain. Um, so yeah, all around it's, it's nice to kind of put a bunch of words to what could very easily just be defined as a, as a crush. Yeah, absolutely. So I think for our last question to you, we have to ask if you were single or if your relationship allowed it do you think you'd actually want to date milo (laughs) (laughs) um 
look, <laughs> if Princess Kida and Milo said, hey, um, we're exploring something new in our relationship <laughs> and um, part of that is an exploration of um, of others, then I would happily join them <laughs> um, for for exploration. Um, I don't <laughs> I don't think I would be with Milo in the long term because I'm very happy in the relationship that I'm in. But, um, you know, we could, uh, I, I would, uh, my partner and I would, would gladly meet up with Princess Kita and Milo for a weekend in An Atlantis. Atlantis vacation, a uh, underwater <laughs> rendezvous. Um, beautiful. Exactly. Oh my gosh, that is beautiful. I love it. Micah, thank you so much for being on the show. You can find out, um, you can connect with, Micah on Twitter at Micah Sargent uh, and find uh, all of their stuff at chihuahua.coffee. Anything else you want to plug that's, that's going on right now? No, uh, that's, that's all there is to it. Um, you know, the, the, all of my shows that I do too many of are, are all there. And uh, yeah, thank you so much uh, for, for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you can find more episodes of this show at absolutelycrushed.com or wherever you f- or wherever fine pod- podcasts are downloaded. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at crushedpod for even more crushy content. Sid, uh, before we go, I got to ask you my favorite question every week. Uh, who's your current crush? And also, where can folks find you online? Okay, so my current cr- I've been watching Bake Off. Not I don't think it's the most recent season, but we're going to go with Jurgen Kraus on Bake Off, who is the lovely German man who I believe was snubbed of the prize. Um mm-hmm. he he's the most magnificent eyebrows in the universe. I know, right? He's so he just I want to just like hang out with him and I want him to yes. bake me bread and I want him to be my friend and I want him yes. to tell me everything is going to be okay. He has all of his Instagram is just pictures of bread and like it's so wholesome. It's so wholesome. He is my favorite human being right now and I he was snubbed. We need he needs to be justice justice for Jurgen. Yes. <laughs> And my Twitter and Instagram are at Sid underscore Andyson. And I think that's it from me. But what about you, Matt? Who is your crush this week? And where can we find your stuff on the internet? Oh, good question. I'm reading um, this book right now. I don't know if either of you have read it. It's called One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston. It is a uh, queer romance novel. Um, And I have a huge crush on uh, Jane, one of the romantic leads, this uh, lesbian who wears leather jackets and knows a ton about music and is just incredibly powerful and hot. So uh, that is that is where I'm at crush wise right now. Uh, I have been and still am Matthew Bischoff. Uh, So I'm on Twitter at MB and Instagram at Matt B. And um, that's our show. Until next time, stay crushing.